The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welger and you are listening to episode 234 of the podcast or you're joining us live on Facebook or YouTube. Today is Sunday, March 28th, the day after UFC 260, Stipe Miocic against Francis Ngannou, part two. Before we get into that, let me introduce... All the way from New Jersey. He's not ready for winter to be over yet, folks, because it's 70 degrees in New Jersey, but it's 62 degrees in his bedroom. <laughs> Jeff, the animal, Wilson. Jeff, not ready to let go of that winter weather just yet, huh? No, Bill. I mean, it's still it's still pretty muggy out. It's really humid today. So I have the AC going because I don't I don't do humidity, Bill. If you ever move to Louisiana, Bill, I'm just not going to visit you. Like that, I mean, it's over. It is pretty humid here. I live like on the Gulf Coast. It's, it gets pretty humid. Yeah, but you have you have the the breeze coming in from the sea to cool things down a little bit, so it's different. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, I was just down there. Actually, um, I was just down at the beach. I had to check on some things, and um, that's why I'm like probably all like glowing because i'm greased up with sunscreen (laughs) (laughs) because you know obviously with my complexion i can't just go out in the sunlight jeff be like (laughs) i'm basically like a vampire yeah but bill um being closer to the equator i can't go out into florida without sunscreen on this one time i did i forgot to reapply sunscreen bill when uh, it was a, it was a, that one Florida visit that I didn't have a chance to see you because we were driving all around the state. But, Bill, I forgot to reapply sunscreen one time. And then, like, pieces of my scalp were – the skin on my scalp was, like, burning off. <sighs> like, that's – it was it was gross. People yeah. thought I had bad bad dandruff. But it was actually my, – my scalp had been sunburned. Um, so Bill, I've, I've learned around you, Florida sun, you can't fuck around with. So no, good for you. No, no, the sun is serious down here. I mean, I got to wear sunscreen, like even in the winter in New York, (laughs) very, very very fair skin. Um, so yeah, we got a lot of sunshine here. You know what else we have, Jeff, a lot of great beer. Uh, so I'm day drinking today. Um, probably not as early as Mark fellows because it's like morning time over there in Australia. But, uh, you know, th- 3 p.m. here, I got a beer cracked open on a Sunday. Why not? Uh, it's uh, Three Daughters, which is a brewery here in St. Pete, Florida, Orange. Shout out to my buddy, Matt Temple. He brought over a, a six-pack of these uh, last night to, to watch the fights. And um, it's pretty good. It's, it, like, it's very refreshing, Jeff, It's because it tastes like it has, like, orange juice in it. So it's got like a, you know, light citrusy vibe to it. But then it's like, it's also a 7% beer. So it's got like that 
bitterness to it, that alcohol, hoppy bitterness. Um, it, it goes back and forth. Like one sip is like kind of smooth and fruity. And then the next sip is a little bitter, but uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, oh, that sounds awesome, dude. You know, I love the hazy IPAs. I like a little fruit in my IPAs. So that sounds awesome. And Bill actually confused that for a can of Fanta when you first held it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't be silly, Jeff. I don't drink soda. I only All I drink is water and alcohol. <laughs> like coffee <laughs> one cup of coffee in the morning and other than that any any liquid that goes in my body is alcoholic if it's not water uh let's see all right you want to start at the top here yeah man uh bill i have to stand corrected here um I, I said that Nganu had not learned anything from the first fight, and I, I had to I have to eat my own words today, Bill, because um, I'm not gonna lie to you, Bill. Um, when he stuffed that first takedown, I started to get nervous. Mm -hmm. That's where I was a little. And then he he and then Nganu, and I'm talking about the first round. Uh, sorry to just get right into it, Bill, but it's like a bandaid. We just gotta peel it off, um, Bill. In that first round. Uh, when Stipe Miocic went for the single leg and Nganu immediately dropped his weight, got his hips to the floor and sprawled really, really hard and then was able to get around Stipe and started um, raining down punishment, mm -hmm. uh, I, I was really worried. I was like, holy shit, this is... I don't know who this is. But, but this is a very scary Francis Ngannou. But, Bill, give me your take on this first. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty similar to the first fight because if you remember, Stipe, he, he had to work for those takedowns. It's not like he was able to easily take him down and hold him down for 25 minutes. Like, he had to eat a lot of shots in that first fight. Um, in the second fight, uh, it, it was bad news from, from that point when, when Ngannou, like, not only sprawled on the takedown, but reversed the position and got to that kind of referee's position and started hitting Stipe. That's when it was bad. Um, and, and it showed a big evolution in his grappling game because it wasn't just about, I have to avoid the takedown. It's he capitalized on the takedown, uh, which that was the, that was the main difference there. Plus Stipe came in lighter than he did on the first fight. He, he leaned out, he was giving up 30 pounds to Nganu. So like trying to take down somebody who has 30 pounds, on you, especially when it's like 30 pounds of like raw muscle, like Nganu's like ass muscles were coming out of the top of his trunks. Like his trunks couldn't even contain how much muscle his posterior holds. Jeff, he's a, he's an impressive specimen. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough to grapple somebody that's, that's got that much weight on you. Um, and, and then, you know, being leaner probably uh, affects his ability to take a punch. But yeah, it, I had the same feeling I had with watching the first fight. For for the whole first fight, you feel like you're about to witness a car accident. You know, it's like you're watching a street where there's just like there's like black ice or something, and cars are skidding all over the place, and you're just waiting for that collision. And in the first fight, it never happened. Like everybody kind of you know, skated through it. But in this one, you know, we saw that collision. We saw Stipe get hit by that Ford Escort or whatever 
whatever comparison they made when when Nganu, uh hit the punching machine at the uh, Performance Institute, and they said it, it was basically the equivalent of getting hit by a, I think it was a Ford Escort. But uh, he might have he might have hit Stipe with a Ford Excursion last night, Jeff. That that uh, that finishing shot was was pretty bad, especially since he had already taken a bunch of damage before that. And then the scariest part about it was the fact that uh, Stipe's leg bent underneath him when he fell down. Um, you know, similar to what happened to uh, Mirko Krokop when he fought Gabriel Gonzaga. And I know Krokop had a lot of ligament damage to his knee after that, so. Hopefully Stipe's knee is okay, but uh, give me your thoughts on the finish, Jeff. Oh, man, it was so scary, man. And to me, it's bittersweet because I'm a fan of both Stipe and Francis Ngannou. Um, and seeing Stipe go out like that, was it broke my heart, man. Uh, like you said, when his knee bent under him, that's always scary to me because, um, you know, you, you could blow out your knees like that. That's why uh, in jujitsu they tell you to if you're gonna take somebody's back and they're on their knees you never bend straight back mm -hmm. you go to the side and then once they're on the ground then you bend back yeah um, you know because you you know you easily tear a bunch of stuff in the knee um, and and the knee is really complicated I I'm no doctor but there, there's a lot going on there in in how that's put together but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super scary to me to see Stipe, um, his leg bend back like that. And then that last shot, I felt like Herb Dean just didn't get there in time. Uh, but yeah, Stipe was starched at that point. And Bill, um, I felt like Stipe got a little excited. He tried to fight fire with fire when, when he was in trouble. And I think he deviated too much from the original game plan that won him the first fight because he got hit that hard. Uh, a few times in the first fight, but he wouldn't engage Stipe. He, I mean, I'm sorry, Nganu. He would try to smother him and take it to the ground while he mm -hmm. recovered, and um, that kind of went out the window last night. I think uh, Stipe was a little bit more scared of the power this time around, and he kind of caught um, Nganu as he was moving back a little bit, and I think that was the wrong choice. That worked against Fabricio Verdum when he first won uh, the title for his first uh, heavyweight championship reign, but uh, against Francis Ngannou, you know, Ngannou was kind of stepping back, and at that point, Ngannou was closer to knocking out Stipe than Stipe was to knocking out Ngannou, unfortunately. So I, I don't know what happened, uh, and I'm not going to take anything away from Francis Ngannou. Man, he looked great in there. He was patient. Um, like you said, was able to not just hold off the takedowns, but use the takedown mm -hmm. uh, failure to take control of certain positions on the ground, man. And good good for Stipe, man. Um, I was listening to Joe Rogan tell his backstory a little bit, and what, what a story for Francis Ngannou, man. Good for him that uh, he was able to become the heavyweight champion. And, Bill, I don't see anybody other than maybe DC, and even DC I kind of worry about, who can give him a title challenge? I mean, I would love to see how John Jones approaches this. Is I mean, if this John Jones Francis Ngannou thing takes shape and becomes real, I'm really excited to see how mm -hmm. that goes, man. I think that's such an exciting fight. Yeah, well, it it, it probably will. And it, you know, my only question would be is, do you think how fast do you think they're going to turn it around? I'm thinking they're going to make this fight happen by like International Fight Week in July. Um. It's definitely possible, you know. Jones is is probably ready to go, um, and Ganu likes a quick turnaround. So, I I think there's no question that it's going to be John Jones. 
because Dana already said as much. They were kind of trying to say on the broadcast, like, oh, Derek Lewis, but, like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. Nobody wants to see that again. I, I mean, I kind of do. Now that Derek Lewis has his back fixed and he's, like, he's a little bit different of a fighter and and we've seen, like, the evolution of Nganu and it would be for the title, you know, a little more pressure. But, oh, man, imagine if it was – was the, the last fight was three rounds, right? I don't think yeah. it was – yeah, yeah, it was so three rounds. Imagine if it was like the last one, and it's a five round fight. <laughs> I would, I would want to see like either way. I want to see like the fight we always expected, or I would want to see them do the same thing again, but for five rounds and just make it like the worst title fight ever. Like I want, I want one extreme or the other, Jeff. I don't want like a a competitive back and forth fight. Like I want it, I want it to be like. Godzilla versus uh what is it King Kong this one that's coming out I want it to be like that where there's, there's like a pit of fire around the ring or something <laughs> and they have these, <laughs> these two just going at it like only one man leaves um or it to be like there's just like people playing chess on the outside of the ring because they don't even feel like watching the fight um but yeah I feel like it's got like it's got to be Jones. Uh, my only question, Jeff, uh, would you expect it to be over or under three months before we see this fight? Um, I think it'll be in three months. I think under three months, just because it didn't look to me like Nganu took too much damage against Stipe. Um, but yeah, I, I could see it materializing. All right, we're in March, end of March. So yeah, like early July. I could see that happening. That'd be an awesome card for Fourth of July weekend, which I think is. Uh, I think it's. I think Fourth of July is on a Monday this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that would be an awesome card for around that time. Yeah. So, man, this is. Uh, what do you do with Stepe now? You let him rest. Yeah, obviously, and then Stepe likes a lot of downtime anyway, but. Do you do like Stipe Rosenstrike? Do you do Stipe Curtis Blades? Do you do Stipe Derek Lewis? You know, while we wait for um, John Jones, I think everybody's in agreement that there's definitely not going to be a rematch in the immediate future for Stipe. But um, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't. I think you know. I think it was okay w- the way it happened against Daniel Cormier. For him to uh, to wait a little bit, but um, the way he got, you know, I, and I hate to say this about Stepe, but he got starched, mm-hmm. and um, you know that that that's gonna take a while. I think he's gonna have to work his way up again. You know, not from square one, but I think he's gonna have to go through either Curtis Blades or Derek Lewis to get to see Ngannou again. But yeah. uh, that third fight is gonna be fantastic. That's gonna be like. Um, you know, I, I don't know why, Bill, but I was kind of comparing this to the Rocky movies. So to me, it felt kind of like Stipe was Sylvester Stallone's character. And um, it felt like Nganu was uh, was Mr. T from Rocky Three, man, just tearing everybody up. Um, you know, much more respectful in the press conferences, obviously. but Except uh, the fights happened like in reverse. Because <laughs> remember, yeah. Rocky and, and Clubber Lang fought twice in that movie the first time Rocky got knocked out and then the second time he came back and beat him yeah so that's what i think is gonna happen where 
where Stipe got knocked out in their second fight, and then in the third fight he can mm. kind of come back and grind it out. But I don't know, man. I mean, Ngannou is one scary dude. And, you know, you still have the Russian waiting in the wings and Volkov. So that could happen. Yeah, it could, but nobody's remembering him except you. <laughs> <laughs> it's only me because, Bill, I grew up on the Rocky movies, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got to write Volkov into this just because he's the Russian. Yeah, we have to work him in there somewhere. Maybe give him some steroids. I don't know. Yeah. And then the fifth movie is going to be like Stipe's son or something. With the nobody remembers Rocky Five. Pe more people remember Volkov than they remember Rocky Five. <laughs> yeah, dude. Rocky Rocky Five was terrible, dude. But uh, Rocky Balboa Bill was not bad. That, that movie was, I really enjoyed. Yeah, that was good. I I remember enjoying Creed as well. I have not watched Creed yet, but I am excited to. That's on my list. It's on my queue. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Creed was pretty good. I don't think I saw the second Creed, but um, all right. So uh, I'll, I'll leave it with, with uh, one more question. Buy or sell that Stipe retires? Uh, um, I don't think it's a bad move for Stipe to retire. I don't think he loses. Uh, well, okay, he does lose a little bit of stock because of the way that uh, he was finished. But at the same time, I wouldn't blame him for retiring. You know, he's he's nearing 40, which we know is kind of young uh, at the heavyweight division. But, you know, he's got his daughter to worry about. He still has a uh, career as a firefighter. So I don't, you know, I don't think he has anything to prove in the UFC, but that's just me. You know, he already beat Nganu once. Um, you know, the last night did not go according to plan, but, uh, you know, if, if Stipe were to, were to retire, me personally, I would be okay with it, but I know uh, a lot of trolls on the internet would probably be like, uh, well, would probably want him to come out of retirement for that third mm -hmm. fight. For sure. And it, it reminded me earlier, you said he tried to fight fire with fire. Like, as a firefighter, you should have known you're supposed to fight fire with water. Yeah, you gotta be passive, man. He should have, <laughs> he should have, I felt like when, when that strike wobbled him he should have ran right at Nganu for a takedown um you know throwing that 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 punch and he i guess in his mind he thought he heard Nganu but to me Nganu looked fine after that punch so i was like no Stipe. like i could see it all <laughs> i could see it all happening in slow motion bill like like when um like when uh jeremy stevens uh said that line about uh about putting people down and they don't move you just you could see it happening in slow motion. Just Connor picking up the mic, like that. That's that's what. It was. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Mark's over here in the comments saying that Malarkey's win is worthy of a IPA shoey. There's nobody <laughs> like. There's nobody that's gonna get me to drink beer out of a shoe. All right, Billy Quarantello wins the UFC championship. I'll do. I'll do a shoey. Oh man, that'd be awesome. Which, speaking of which, shout out to Billy Quarantello. He just got married yesterday. So, oh, good uh, for him, dude. Yeah, UFC featherweight friend of the show, obviously, buddy of mine. Uh, big congratulations. I mean, it's all downhill from here, but <laughs> I mean, good on you for getting married. Hope you had a good time at the party, he, kid. Yeah, man. His wife is running the show now. Yeah, that's it. What do you mean you want to train for a UFC fight? 
<laughs> um, let's see. All right, let's get into another one that has, you know, leaves us with more questions than answers at the end of it. Um, it most of them revolving around what's going to happen with the future of Tyron Woodley. Uh, I th- this was the fight of the night for me, Jeff. Oh, this, absolutely, uh, Vicente Luque and Tyron Woodley. This three minutes and fifty six seconds was the best action of of the whole card. Um, you know, the main event was exciting, but like in a different way, it wasn't like a back and forth, like, Oh man, what's going to happen. This was, this was wild. Cause Woodley came out aggressive. He looked like he had a point to prove. He started throwing bombs. He started, um, you know, going after takedowns. Luke was like, at first, like, I'm not going to be bullied and kind of reversed Woodley into the fence. And then, you know, Woodley took back control. He rocked Luke. Luke rocked him. He stumbled like half stiff across the cage, bounced off. He was still throwing punches. It looked like Jason Herzog could have stopped it at any moment. Um, and then, you know, Luke did something kind of strange in that going for that. Um, they're, they're calling it a Brabo choke, um, but it, it was like kind of like a Dars, but he kind of like went underneath Woodley after he was. Um, after he was like rocked and like unconscious, but you have to kind of like put yourself underneath the opponent to, to get that choke. It was kind of weird that he would do that, but I guess he knew that he was kind of out of it. And I guess he knows like he has a certain squeeze on that and uh, was able to get Woodley to tap, which I don't know if anybody's ever done that to him before, but uh, give me your thoughts on this fight, Jeff. Bill Tyron Woodley's tapped before. He tapped to uh to Colby Covington, all right. Oh, uh, that's true. I mean, that went down as a TKO, but um, yeah, it it could have been. You're right. It could have been considered a a tap there. Yeah, but Bill, man, what a great fight, man! Uh, it looked like Tyron Woodley was back to his old self a little bit. We saw glimpses of what got him to the dance and and helped him become welterweight champion. But, dude, uh, Bill, we were talking about Vicente Luque last week, man. He's not somebody that you take lightly. Uh, a good striker. We know he has finishes, and he has submissions too. Um, so very well-rounded. Uh, I was very happy for Vicente Luque. But, Bill, you know me. I'm a, I'm a Tyron Woodley fan as well. Um, Bill, I think that if you're Tyron Woodley um, – because it looked to me, Bill, like Tyron Woodley got knocked out, tapped out, and then choked out all in the same three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Tyron Woodley, at one point, he had to hold on to the cage to keep from from hitting the mat. I mean, it, I, you kind of knew it was over from there. Um, and then I don't know if he went for a takedown or if he just face-planted right in front of Vicente Luque. I felt like Luque didn't even need the submission there. But... Um, yeah, I mean, he definitely could have just finished Woodley off with strikes, but I, I guess for whatever reason, like maybe it was out of respect. He wanted to submit him instead of, you know, he saw he was already concussed, like he was out on his feet. Um, or maybe he just wanted a submission on it. He wanted to be the first person to submit Woodley. Um, that could be it too, but that's four losses in a row, Jeff. Um, granted, this one, it was like he got caught with a big shot and – you know, it's not like he wasn't competitive in this fight. He looked good at the beginning of it and, and he put on a show, but before that, you know, he was dominated for 15 rounds in a row. So, 
it's like I, this is his first fight that wasn't uh, a five round uh, main event uh, in a long time, but he gets finished in the first round. Like if you're the UFC, do you cut Woodley? If you're Woodley, do you retire? And when do you think his first Bellator fight will be? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, that was a good one, Bill. You caught me there. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's time for Woodley to hang up the gloves. Um, I love Tyron Woodley, but unfortunately he's up there in years. I think he's about steep age. He's about 38, 39. He is 38. Yeah. Um, and you know, you have to remember Tyron Woodley, he got his title shot later on in his career, unfortunately. Um, I've always thought he was very, very talented, very skilled in all assets of mixed martial arts. But unfortunately, the UFC did not really give him a, a chance at the title until very late in his career. I think he was already in his 30s when he, uh, when he fought um, uh, Robbie Lawler. But, um, yeah, uh, Mark asks... Mark Fellows asked, going forward, would you rather see Woodley fight or sing? Honestly, Mark, I think that Woodley still has a great rap career ahead of him, you know, to build up on his already great rap career. Um, Bill, you know me. I'll always say the five greatest rappers are Tyron, 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 Tyron Bill. <laughs> he spits hot fire. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I – well, at this point, I think he's more likely to win a Grammy than another UFC title. Like, he's – there's no way to climb back up this ladder because, you know, he's he's shown like he kind of can't compete with the with the top three guys at least. He can be competitive with guys kind of outside of that top five, like a Vicente Luque, but you know, still taking the the loss to him and and still getting finished. Um, not a good sign. He still looks great. He looked in awesome shape. Like I hope I I hope I look like Tyron Woodley when I'm 38. Um, <laughs> I got, I got two years to start trying to carve myself out of stone, Jeff. I better get to work. <laughs> better <laughs> first. My first step will be drinking all the beer in that house just to save myself from it, and then, uh, and then I guess I'll start doing some crunches. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, dude. That yeah, man. Tyron Woodley, he's a physical specimen, dude. Um, and he's got those like linebacker legs. I, I, I think if the UFC doesn't work out, he should just be a pro football player. I mean, he, he's got the build. Uh, I think he needs to work on his cardio a little bit, but, uh, you know, uh, you, you, he'll have some time in between plays to, mm -hmm. uh, to recover a little bit. I mean, if he was able to go somewhere outside of the UFC where he can use some more, um, you know, scientific rehabilitation, uh, so to speak, uh, I think it, you know, that could be a good thing, but it, it's not a good sign when like your ribs start to fall out and like you're yeah. getting submitted when it's never good when your ribs start to fall out. Um, man, it's sad. It's sad to see this happen to, to fighters like this. And then he, you have to, you have to wonder like, what are his goals? Like if his goal is, is another run at the title, like I'd say, yeah, hang it up. If his goal is to have like, an epic fight like if if like nick diaz wanted to finally make a comeback and you know they can have like a legends match or something um i think that would be good like does he want to have like one more career defining fight but yeah if the goal is another title run 
um, I'd say uh, do it in Bellator or, um, but even then you got Lima over there. Um, yeah, man. And, and he's a killer. Um, yeah. And if not him, they have uh, that Russian dude who was champion for a bit. Uh, the dude who put a beating on uh, Benson Henderson. I can't remember his name. Nem- uh, Nemkov. No, I don't think that was it. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I can't remember his name, but uh, yeah, that welterweight division at Bellator is kind of stacked. Um, it's one of the few divisions worth watching, uh, along with their heavyweight division, which is just a bunch of retirees from the UFC. Mm. And yeah. Rumble Johnson. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's making welterweight anymore. No, no, no. But he, he. I think isn't he? Didn't they sign him for uh, their heavyweight division? Uh, I think he's gonna fight light heavyweight. And, and they're doing. I, I believe they're doing a tournament. And he's gonna fight Yoel Romero. Oh, but that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I I can't keep track of Bellator. Like they're so sloppy with promoting things that it's just like they they announce something. But like, oh, in nine short months, we're gonna see Rumble Johnson and Yoel Romero. Like, I, I feel like it was a year ago I saw them talking about that, and like the fight was booked and everything. I have no clue when it is. Um, just like the um, the Ben Askren and who's the guy Ben Askren's gonna box? Uh, some guy from YouTube. Yeah, I don't give a shit, Jeff. Like, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been kind of interesting if it was like Dylan Dennis, maybe. But like this whole thing is like so like I can't tell you when that fight is. I see the clips, I see the memes on social media, but I I don't really care to follow up with it. Um let's move on to uh, a fight that ended twice, basically, Sean O'Malley and Thomas Almeida. Um and it this was scary because at the end of the fight Almeida's nose was clearly broken. And like, as he's standing there waiting for Bruce Buster to announce O'Malley as the winner, you could see like, he was just growing like a unicorn antler out of the top of his nose. Like it, it was like his nose was like the same depth all the way up. Like it came, I don't know how to describe it. You gotta just, if you didn't see the fight, you got to go back and look at it. But O'Malley basically knocked him out. I, I think it was at the end of the first or or early in the second. And he tried to, like, walk off like he wanted that walk-off knockout and um, didn't get it. And then, uh, you know, Almeida recovered pretty well, but then, like, didn't do much. You know, he wasn't trying to counter O'Malley. He wasn't trying to smother him, which is what you have to do with a guy who is long and lanky like that and likes to throw spinning attacks, you have to pressure them so they don't have enough space to get those wacky kicks off. Um, Another thing that I noticed about O'Malley is that um, he stands flat footed on his front foot, which, um, you know, explains why he's gotten so many injuries from the leg kicks uh, because he puts a lot of weight on that front foot, except when he's, taking weight off it to throw some wild kicks. And then when he throws his kicks, also he's, he's landing with his foot, which puts a lot of pressure on the ankle joint. Um, it, it's really not like proper technique. Like when you land a kick, you want to be landing with the shin. Um, so it, you know, a lot of realizations there, but obviously he was able to get through this one without, uh, a leg injury, uh, and, and get the knockout over Almeida. Who's a tough opponent. You know, he was, 
he was supposed to be like the next world champion until he ran into a guy by the name of Cody Garbrandt uh, several years ago. And then everybody kind of forgot about Thomas Almeida. I think he was like 17 and oh, when he fought Garbrandt or something. And then um, it was all downhill from there. But uh, give me your thoughts on Sugar Sean O'Malley here. Yeah, Bill. Um, I don't know who he was fighting, but that was not the Thomas Almeida that I remember. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest with you, Bill. I was a little concerned. Um, that that Thomas Almeida was the shell or the shadow of the Thomas Almeida who fought Cody Garbrandt. I don't know what Cody Garbrandt did to him, man, but um, <clears throat> he he rewired his brain or something with that knockout. But um, Bill, you know, um, I wasn't super impressed with Sean O'Malley. I mean, I'm a little biased. I'm not a big fan of his. Um, but Bill. Uh, you know, for this fight, he got a, a performance of the night bonus, but this is a fight that ended up going two rounds longer than it needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if this kid wasn't so obsessed with how his knockouts look on social media, he probably would have jumped on <laughs> Thomas Almeida and finished him in the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, dude, uh, those kicks, I noticed that too. A lot of the kicks, especially to the head, were were the foot landing instead of the the shin, and it it seems to me like despite having all that length, he's all that length, he's kind of reaching mm-hmm. uh, with with those kicks. And like you said, that's not uh, that's not good technique. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, I'm sorry, Bill. Go ahead. I I'm saying I don't want to knock the kid. I mean, he's he's capable of doing things that I'm not. You know, I can't. I can't throw those wacky spinning kicks and, and shit like that. But um, yeah, you know, focusing on like fundamentals, um, I'd say as I'm sitting here about to pour some whiskey into this beer can, because I don't have a glass, I'm critiquing a professional fighter, <laughs> but that's the essence of the show, Jeff. This is what I'm here to do. I'm here to drink and observe. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. Um, yeah. I'm pouring a little Buffalo trace whiskey into the, uh, into this <laughs> orange beer because um, I'm out of beer. I don't want to get up to get another one. And uh, I had this bottle of whiskey here, but I don't have a glass to pour it in. So you got to improvise, um, which is what Sean O'Malley did last night. He improvised and wound up getting the, the third round kale. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, uh, another thing with Sean O'Malley, um, like you said, speaking of, of things that are rudimentary, I'd like it. I, I'm curious to see, <clears throat> and a little curious overall, if maybe, you know, how what are his fundamentals like? Like, you know, all that fancy stuff, the spinning back kicks and all that, they're, they're nice to see, but you got to be able to do the basics well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, uh, Sean O'Malley has definitely got a bright future in the Bantamweight division. Um, but I'm curious to see how he does at the top uh, against some of the top competition. You know, some of these alpha male guys who they love to grind it out and grapple. You know, I feel like he might struggle a little bit with those guys. Yeah, or even like a, a Ricky Simone or a Marab Valashvili, uh, you know, those guys that are really aggressive. I mean, he says he's got a great ground game off of his back. I would be interested to like hold pads for him sometime because I'd like to see, I'd like to feel like what his power is like and you know, how he throws just like basic combinations and 
and you know basic rear kicks and stuff like that the kind of form that he uses um it would be interesting to see um so sean if you're listening um and you're ever in florida i'll hold pads for you we'll we'll, we'll sort this out we'll make it a whole episode make it a whole thing (laughs) i'm not smoking any of that devil's lettuce with you though (laughs) (laughs) that's not my thing um Miranda Maverick looking good against uh, Jillian Robertson. Uh, Robertson, who I I was informed last night is a black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu now, which is, um, it was puzzling to me because at last I remember she was a purple belt just a couple of years ago, but maybe it was, it was longer ago and she's been around longer than I'm remembering her being around. But um, what did you think of, Miranda um, Maverick last night, Jeff. No, I think she looked great on the feet, and while she, I felt like she struggled in the second round against Robertson's grappling. In the third round, Maverick was the one initiating the takedown, and uh, I think she ended up getting Robertson's back for a little bit there. And Bill, um, I like the cut of Miranda Maverick's jib because uh, in the post-fight interview, she was very respectful, very humble, um, very well-spoken. Uh, I like Miranda Maverick, Bill. Um, I think she can really make a dent in the flyweight division here, but definitely needs to work on the grappling a little bit. The the On the feet, I think she's got it. I think she looked good in there, but uh, I think she needs to go back to the drawing board just a little bit in the grappling department. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, she's a brown belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, Jillian Robertson looked pretty good on the on the ground. Um, I think you and I both said before uh, we started recording that we had given her the second round, um, but I'll admit I wasn't paying that close attention. I was also having some streaming issues last night, Jeff. The, the, uh, the stream kept freezing up. Um, I want to get through the next two fights pretty quickly, and then we'll kind of breeze over the rest of the card for the sake of time. But uh, I'll give you these two that were first-round finishes, Jeff. Jamie Malarkey uh, with a first-round knockout over Common Worthy just absolutely mauled him in 46 seconds. And uh, Alonzo Menafield getting that, uh, they're calling it a shoulder choke, Von Flu choke, Von St. Pru choke, whatever you want to refer to it as. Only the fourth man in UFC history to uh, get a win by this choke over the um, last-minute replacement Fabio, the water buffalo, Charant. Um, so uh, give me your thoughts on and reaction to those two fights, Jeff. So, Bill, I actually missed these two fights, but I'm definitely going to go back and watch them because that uh, – that von flu, that von flu choke, I definitely uh, enjoy. It's something I try to. I've tried getting it on people. I think I have enough girth in my shoulders to do it. But there's definitely a technique to it, man. So anytime I see that, I get really excited. So I'm gonna give this one to Alonzo Menafield. I think he should have gotten a performance of the night bonus. Bill, you froze up on me. I don't know if you're on the same server as the stream from yesterday, but you froze. Yeah, Mark, I apologize. I did miss the malarkey fight, but I I definitely am going to go back and watch that one. I want to see the malarkey that he caused in that octagon. 
All right, so looks like uh, Bill's having a couple of issues. Uh, he'll be back with us shortly. But, guys, I, I'm not going to lie. I really enjoyed this card. It was a shame that, unfortunately, we did not get the co-main event, which was supposed to be Volkanovski versus T-City, Brian Ortega. And I felt like maybe at the beginning uh, it could have been uh, a little bit of a, of a snooze because we didn't get that fight. But I think overall it ended up being a really good card despite – not having a co-main event yeah so i'm back apologies <laughs> little uh technical difficulties here um i did discover while i was gone that um saving a little bit of this orange beer at the bottom and then adding the buffalo trace to it was definitely a great move uh because it gives the whiskey a little bit of sweetness um wh what were we talking about jeff so bill i was just filling in because it looked like we we're having some technical difficulties i talked about how uh, I missed the Malarkey and the Menefield fights, but I did it. I am going to go back and watch those. Uh, I'm going to give that one to Menefield. Just come. I'm a fan of the Von Fluchoke. It's a little bit tricky to pull off sometimes. And I mentioned how uh, it was a little bit disappointing to see that we did not have our original co-main event in Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega. But I think the card was fantastic nonetheless. And, you know, that fight can materialize again in the future. Yeah, unfortunately, we also didn't get uh, Hannah Goldie uh, against Jessica Penny. Hannah Goldie um, was in the middle of her weight cut and arrived in Las Vegas and tested positive for COVID-19. Um, so that was a shame. I was looking forward to seeing her fight since Hannah is uh, part of the Team Reaper, which I might as well take this opportunity to plug our, our friends over at Team Reaper. I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now. Forge not made. Is what Ooh. it says, Jeff. Uh, I like yeah, I, I like this shirt. They make some. They make some good quality shirts and uh, merchandise, including our merchandise, Jeff. So if you would like to get a hold of an over the top, under the influence T-shirt, hoodie, or tank top, uh, go see our friends at Team Reaper. Website is reaper1.co. That's reaper the number one dot co. I'll also put the links directly in all the show notes so you guys can find it easily. Uh, you can use the promo code MMARocks10. That's M-M-A-R-O-C-K-S-1-0. Uh, save yourself some money. Uh, you can buy merchandise from our show. You can uh, buy a shirt that, that supports another fighter like Hannah Goldie or any of the local fighters that they have to their roster, which is uh, over 100 of them. Uh, they have some really cool T-shirt designs and graphics for all different fighters. Um, every shirt you buy puts money directly in the pocket of that fighter. Um, so it's a great system the, the way they have it set up because, um, you know, fighters are able to make that money to pay their coaches and pay for, you know, organic food and everything that they need to, to train properly. Uh, everybody's always saying that, um, you know, they think fighters should be paid more, but nobody really wants to do anything about it. Now, all you have to do is buy a t-shirt. Um, you can also buy some training gear. They make MMA sparring gloves, jujitsu geese, rash guards, all that stuff. They also have a rash guard of the month club. Um, so yeah, go check out our friends at, at, uh, team Reaper, grab some MMA gear. Um, yeah. So those two finishes, Jeff, definitely go back and watch Jamie Malarkey and Alonzo Menafield, both very good. Um, Abu Bakar and Omega Madoff gets, uh, the win over Jared Gooden. Uh, he mostly beat up Gooden on the feet. Everybody kind of expected Omega Madoff, you know, given the name to, uh, take him down and, and grind out the victory. But uh, 
Um, you know, he was doing well against Jared Gooden on the feet. Also, Michael Olazanchik in a close split decision win over Modestus Bukowskis. Omar Morales, unanimous decision over Shane Young. And here's one that I missed, but I want to go back and watch, Jeff. Mark andre Berrialt against Abu Azaitar. Um, Berrialt won with four seconds left in the third round via TKO. So I'd like to see how the fight was going before that happened. Sounds like a very dramatic finish there. Uh, any other uh, kind of encompassing thoughts on UFC 260 before we move on here, Jeff? Yeah, just overall great card. Uh, I felt like it ended a little bit earlier than usual. It was over a little bit after midnight. So, Bill, this was uh, this was a good card. For sure. Um, it's uh, it's deceiving drinking whiskey out of a beer can, Jeff, because <laughs> I'm kind of like sipping on it like I'm drinking a beer, and then I get a mouthful of whiskey, and it's, it's a pleasant <laughs> surprise. <laughs> but... Um, in any case, I want to, before we get into uh, next week's card, I want to talk real quickly about uh, a little bit of MMA news. So Israel Adesanya, of course, the middleweight champ, losing his sponsorship with BMW because he said he would rape Kevin Holland. Um, I guess Kevin Holland was talking some trash, and Israel Adesanya responded and said that he would rape him. Now, obviously, I don't think he meant that he would forcefully penetrate him sexually um you know he was speaking in hyperbole i'm sure as you know fighters do especially when they get all pent up with emotions uh i definitely don't think it's a mature statement to make i don't think you should be you know using something like rape to make a comparison to fighting someone uh, especially when we've made such leaps and bounds to, you know, get this sport sanctioned in every state um, within the last five years. And, and it's still being sanctioned in places around the world. Um, and we've done so much work to show that fighters are actually intelligent with, you know, 80% of the UFC roster having college degrees and, and things like this. Uh, it's not exactly the direction you would want to be going in, but, uh, the other side of the coin, Darren Till actually coming to the defense of Adesanya, calling out BMW and saying, this is the fight game. Uh, if you're worried about what a fighter is saying, then you shouldn't be sponsoring fighters in the first place. Um, so that's the two sides of the coin, Jeff. And I, I see both sides. Like if you're BMW, you don't want to be associated or sponsoring someone who's saying they're going to rape someone. Um, you know, whether they're speaking metaphorically or not. Um, and on the other side of the coin, they are fighters. They are going to be a little rough. They're going to be a little emotional and they're going to say some stupid shit. I don't know. Which, which, which side are you falling on here, Jeff? Are you, are you kind of like not in agreement to, to both sides? Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go with the sponsors on this one, Bill. Um, you know, Adesanya, he's he's been in this fight game long enough, and it's not the first time that he has a slip like that. Um, you know, I remember him making a reference to a certain terrorist attack that happened to the United States. Um, mm. So it's not the first time that his mouth gets him in hot water, Bill. I think Adesanya, I think we need to get him a PR rep. I think that's what we need. And just, you know, like whatever you're going to say, you run it by this person first and then see if you can post it on Twitter. Um, because, you know, like you said, I don't think Adesanya meant it 
you know, that he was going to, like you said, physically force himself upon uh, Kevin Holland. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not the first time that he has an antic like this. I mean, look at the end of his fight with uh, with Costa. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think Izzy just needs to calm down a little bit. Um, you know, good good of Darren Till to kind of uh, rush to his defense a little bit. You know, I like that they have that camaraderie among fighters. But you know, you, you gotta you gotta understand the sponsor side of it as well. And like you said, man, sponsor doesn't want to be associated with uh, with that. Um, and you know, if Israel Adesanya expanded his vocabulary a little bit, mm-hmm. he could come up with some cool disses. Like he could have said, "I'm going to rain down annihilation like fire from the heavens upon Kevin Holland." <laughs> that that would have been good. Um, yeah, it was definitely like you shouldn't say stuff like that. It's just it, it's just immature, and it's not like it's not like he said it in the heat of the moment. I think he responded through social media or something, so he actually had time to like write it out and think about it. Uh, so that makes it even worse. Um, yeah, there are a lot of other things you could say. Um, you, you know, Chael Sonnen was, was the, arguably the best trash talker of all time. Never used a swear word, you know, never talked about anybody's family. Um, and he was, what do you you mean? He talked about, about Tito Ortiz's wife, Anderson Silva's wife. Yeah, but that's Tito Ortiz. Yeah, I mean, he married an adult <laughs> star, so we all know what she looks like naked. That's an easy target, and I, <laughs> I have a feeling they probably like worked that out ahead of time, just like the result of the fight. <laughs> oh, man. That fight was a clear work. <laughs> uh, but that press conference was great. He was like, Tito, Tito, come on. We got to keep it classy. Yeah. Tell another um, hyena story. uh i'm 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 such a fan of chael sonnen i listen to his podcast religiously um so it turns out jeff there's no fight card next weekend uh so we got the week off for uh easter and then we come back april 10th so i guess we can break down this card further next week but um let's take a quick peek at it here we got darren till and marvin vittori in the main event and that's such a fun fight and i, I think it, it has title implications because i don't see um whitaker or gastelum getting a, a a title shot with a win um you know gastelum just broke a long losing streak although i would love to see the rematch between him and adesanya that was one of the greatest fights ever but i think it's going to be the till vittori winner getting the title shot here uh give me your thoughts Jeff. Yeah, man, I'd really like it to be Marvin Vittori. Um, <clears throat> I felt like his his last fight with Israel Adesanya, it was a close call, man. I think Izzy got by uh, by the skin of his teeth uh, for that win. Um, and it was just really exciting, really competitive. And, you know, both of these guys have grown since that fight. That fight was uh, maybe two or three years ago. I feel like both of these guys have grown. They've gotten some experience. We've seen both of them deal with adversity a little bit more. Maybe not so mm-hmm. much. Uh, maybe not so much Adesanya, but definitely Vittori for sure. Um, so yeah, I'd love to see them go at it again. But uh, Israel Adesanya versus Darren Till is another really good fight. So I think either way, you can't lose here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is actually it's a really fun 
card. I don't want to get too deep into it just because uh, I want to have something to talk about next week. Although I'm sure we will have plenty to talk about. But one thing I want to point out, Jeff, the opening fight on this card is Jim Miller and Joe Selecki. And I just feel like at this point, like, can't you just stick Jim Miller on the main card? Even like, I don't care what he's done lately. Like the guys, UFC royalty, as far as I'm concerned, why is he the first fight of the night? That seems like a little wrong. Bill, I see, I don't see it that way. I see it as Jim Miller is a very exciting fighter. So I think he's going to set the pace for this card. I think he's going to set the bar pretty high and it's up to the rest of the card to match that. Mm hmm. That, that's just my opinion, but I'm I'm also really uh, impartial to Jim Miller. I love Jim Miller. Or he's a little older. They want to let him go to bed early. That could be it too, Bill, but um, I don't think anybody's going to bed early once they see the performance he puts on. He's like, I gotta, he's like, I got to fight at 6.30. That's three hours after I eat dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bill, I think the fans are going to be stunned by his display. Uh, on April 10th. Well, could be. Um, you know, he's coming off of, uh, you know, the unanimous decision loss to Vince Pichel. But then right before that, he had that dismantling of Roosevelt Roberts uh, where he just, like, completely manhandled him. Uh, so it's not like he's had, like, a skid of losses. He's actually won three of his last five. Um, I mean, Woodley was on the main, he was a co-main event and he had lost three in a row. Um, yeah. Put Jim Miller on the main card. Let's start a hashtag folks. Jim Miller on a, Jim Miller to, I don't know. You guys come up with it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the idea guy. I lack execution, Jeff. Um, yeah, so that's it. We'll leave the rest of this card, which actually is looking really good. Um, you know, let's leave this for next week to get into, uh, just so we have a little bit to talk about, and then we'll 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 have some other things going on as well. Um, yeah, anything else going on? Uh, anything? Anything on the on the tip of your tongue, Jeff? That you need to get off your chest? No, Bill. I mean, I'm excited. Uh, next weekend is is going to be pretty awesome. Uh, I can't believe how early Easter is this year, which means that my spring break is early, Bill. So by this time next week, I'll be ankle deep in uh, into my spring break from work, which I'm really excited for. Bill, I've decided to not assign any work to my students because I want to enjoy my spring break. And if I assign them work, I'm going to be getting emails about said work. Yeah. So mm. let's, let's just all take a week off, and then uh, we'll hit the ground running when we come back. Yeah, then they'll be emailing you like, how come there's no work? <laughs> you can't win, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. But uh, but yeah, Bill, I, I'm a little, I guess, uh, for for Easter, they wanted to give uh, the fighters a break. Um, but yeah, Bill, I'm excited. I'm excited for this card, looking at it top to bottom. Looks really, really interesting. Yeah, so... Yeah, since we established that it's Easter Sunday next week and there's no fight card, uh, maybe we'll uh, record a little bit earlier. Maybe we'll do Saturday next week or Friday night or something. We'll figure it out. Um, in any case, one last thing I want to get off my chest, Jeff. Vicente Luque and Leon Roberts. 
I mean, Leon Edwards. Bill, you you don't even know who Leon Edwards is. I mean, I don't want to see that. I know. I just call him Leon Roberts. I want to see it because I think uh, I think Luke will smoke him. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Luke, I mean, I think everybody should be keeping their eye on Luke, man. Uh, like the, like you like they call him the silent assassin. He's not going to talk trash, but uh, he will go to work in that cage, man. I love it. I thought it was funny how uh, Leon Edwards is like, I should get a title shot after poking Bilal Muhammad in the in the eye in the UFC. He was like, yeah, cool story. We're going to give it to the guy who beat you up backstage <laughs> in your hometown. Oh man, but um, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, uh, but yeah, I, Leon Edwards. Up until that point, he was looking good. I was almost impressed by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up until the point of his finger going into Balamahama's eye socket. <laughs> yeah, man. Somebody like froze the point where where his finger went in, and you could just like it looked like his eye was closed, and then the eyelid was being like pulled open, so you could see the eyeball. Yeah, yeah. He like stuck his finger in there and like flicked the bottom of his eyeball. He was like. Boink! <laughs> he flicked it into his sinus cavities. Um, <laughs> oh man. Um. Anyway, I guess that's it. We'll call it here. Um. Just shy of an hour. Pretty uh. Pretty good length. We didn't, we didn't even uh talk about another fight. Whole fight card. So we'll get into that uh next week. Uh, the uh, Till and Vittori card. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. One. A lot of great fights on there. Uh, don't forget our, our friends at Team Reaper. Go grab yourself an uh, MMA on the Rocks t-shirt, hoodie, or tank top, or grab some uh, MMA training gear from them as well. Use the promo code MMARocks10. If you guys want to get a hold of Jeff, you do so at Animal underscore Wilson on Twitter and Instagram. And you guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the Rocks everywhere on social media. You can send me an email, MMA on the Rocks at gmail.com. Uh, drink your whiskey out of a beer can, folks. That's all I'm going to... That's all I'm going to finish with. Until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.